you ready to take the challenge? Come and join us in Life Source Masterclasses. The Life Source team is committed to assisting each person to grow in mastery of their individual gifts. We need each other to step up and share our gifts to assist in the co-creation of heaven on earth. And so today's Masterclass episode supports us to all do just that. In 2017, I had the pleasure of chatting with counselling psychology professor Gay Hendricks, author of, well, more than 35 books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Big Leap, which happens to be one of my favourite books. Guy shares his theories around the four zones you need to break through your upper limits and how to operate in your zone of genius. This episode is full of tips, tricks and exercises you can do at home to attract success and brilliance in following your life purpose. Let's listen to Guy Hendricks now. That book was partly based on working with people in relationships, but was also partly based on working with a lot of successful executives, both men and women, who had, they gotten successful and then sabotaged it in some way. And it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire executive or a, or a movie star or a alligator wrestler or a, uh, uh, a Vegemite manufacturer. It doesn't matter who you are and what you do. It's that all of us have upper limits on how much love and positive energy and success we will allow to flow through us. And those upper limits get installed at a very early age. And so a lot of times the people I've worked with don't even realize the thing that's limiting them, that's holding them back. They can't see it. It's kind of like a fish. If you ask the fish, what is water like? They'd say, what's water? You know, because they can't stand outside it and look in to see what water actually is. So the same thing happens. We get lost inside our upper limit and don't realize that just outside it there's this whole new life if we could only crack through what the core issues are and so the big leap is about helping people really connect with their real core issues so that they can move through that to a whole new version of themselves i describe four different zones in the big leap one of them is what i call zone of incompetence Another is the zone of competence. A third one is the zone of excellence. And the fourth one is the zone of genius. Now, so many people get trapped in the zone of incompetence by repeatedly doing things they're not very good at. They spend their time doing things that they're just not organically any good at that somebody else could do a lot better. So it hasn't occurred to them to maybe delegate it or, you know, get somebody else to do it. And so, um, one of the things that we do in our work here is we help people in our seminars get out of their zone of incompetence and competence and into their zone of excellence, but then ultimately into their zone of genius. The zone of competence are things that you're good at, you can do, but somebody else could do them just as well. And the zone of excellence are the things that you're really good at. You probably make money doing it, you get compliments for doing it, but it's still not what you really came here to do. And so a lot of times even, you know, I've had people 
I'm, I'm sitting here in my home office and I'm just looking over at the couch there and this seat that we sit on here. And I've realized I've had couples in this chair here or in this, uh, or uh, on our couch, or I've had executives in this chair here that have literally been worth hundreds of millions of dollars but don't let themselves enjoy it. So there's another upper limit. It doesn't matter if you make a hundred million or, you know, ten dollars, if you don't let yourself enjoy it. If you have plenty of money, but don't let yourself or the people around you enjoy it, well, what's the point? You know, it's like you're locked inside a prison. And so that's one problem that people I've seen people really break through is one of the things we say here is that money problems are never about money and sex problems are never about sex. Uh, because if you look underneath a money problem, for example, two, two people may be fighting about money and yet they're both scared about the same things, but neither one of them has said, I'm scared. You know, both of them are saying, you're doing it wrong. The other say, no, you're doing it wrong. And they go back and forth like that, but they never get down to the real issue. See, because the ultimate thing I'm talking about at the big leap is that inside ourselves, we have what I call this zone of genius, which is what we're really here to do. You know, what we are absolutely called in our hearts and our souls to do. And what we've found in working with hundreds, thousands of people now is that unless you answer that call, you're never fully happy. You're never fully satisfied that when you answer that call and bring all of yourself forward and put your whole genius to work for you, it puts you in a different state of existence. You know, you have that kind of vibrance. And I still feel that today, even though I'm 69 years old, I still feel like that way as much as the day I discovered all this. Most times we're not used to kind of looking inside and answering the question, hmm, what is my unique ability? What is my genius? What do I most love to do? And here's the thing. All it takes is 10 minutes. So when somebody says that to me, I say, okay, let's take 10 minutes now and focus on it. Because if a person focuses on it, it almost never takes them more than 10 minutes. It took me an hour the first time I really inquired into it, but that was because I didn't have any kind of guide or anything. I was just doing it under a tree out in the woods. And so, but with a little guidance, like for example, what is one of your unique abilities? What do you consider something in your zone of genius? Something that you love to do. You could do it all day long, even if you weren't getting paid for it, but you're probably getting well paid for it, but you love it so much, you do it all day long for nothing. What is that thing in you? And I think the best life purposes you come up with have something in them that serves other people. I notice that when people get in touch with that kind of life purpose, they, they actually operate in a more inspired way all the time because it's in service to something larger than themselves or outside themselves. So I think part of life involves learning how to take exquisitely good care of ourselves inside treating ourselves magnificently while at the same time opening up a space for other people to treat themselves magnificently also. Well, one of the classic ones is um, one of our beloved comedians, John Belushi, who at one point in his career had the hottest TV show, Saturday Night Live, 
and he had just made a huge movie with Dan Aykroyd called Blues Brothers, and then he had also had the number one album with the album from the Blues Brothers, and so he was, you know, everything was just going his way, and so obviously there was some part of him that didn't feel like he deserved that kind of good feeling in his life, uh, because then suddenly he died from an overdose, and I remember feeling so sad, I was driving home when I heard that one time on the news many years ago, and I I remember feeling so sad about that because here's this luminous person who obviously didn't have that inside and most recently Robin Williams, another really beloved comedian that almost everybody has seen his, his work and it was so saddening to see that upper limit come to pass in him where he could never quite love himself as much as he put out love to other people and so also uh, when I was writing The Big Leap, I studied a bunch of uh, people who had won the lottery. The biggest one, the person who won a huge amount of money, you know, I think over $100 million. And the interesting thing was that he had already won one lottery before and had won a couple of million dollars, and the guy was lucky enough to win another one that was really big. Next thing you knew, he was in a bunch of lawsuits with members of his family. He passed out in a um, gentlemen's club, I believe they call them, uh, colloquially called the stripper bar, and uh, was mugged for $500,000 that he had cash in his pockets. And so the inability to enjoy good fortune is a problem that, see, in humanity, over the thousands and thousands of years, human beings have had to deal with adversity, 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 pain, pain, pain. We have millions of pain receptors all over our bodies, all over our feet and everything to register pain, but there aren't that many places where we're wired up for pure pleasure. And so we're going through an evolutionary change where we're learning to feel good for longer and longer periods of time and not mess up our lives. And so in relationship, for example, we've had couples come in that'll have three good days and then an argument. And then two or three more good days and then an argument. So it goes and that's the way, frankly, a lot of relationships go. We've had people come in that have been married 20 or 30 years that have been basically having the same argument over and over again every few weeks throughout their whole marriage and they've never gotten it fixed because nobody has gotten to the level of what's really underneath driving the problem and that's really why i wrote the big leap which because i want to show people what it is they actually need to redo under there and it's not that complicated once you understand it you know like you know if a person who had never seen a light switch before was trying to figure out how it operated well you know pretty soon they'd fool around with it and they'd push the right button well, relationships are kind of like that, too. We just have a more complicated set of buttons that we need to figure out what they do. And so, you know, there's huge areas of relationship that we don't learn anything about in school. Like, I didn't have 10 minutes um, training in school on things like how to communicate feelings honestly and uh, how to take responsibility for something without blaming yourself for another person. You know, wouldn't that be a great skill to have in the first grade? I treat illness as some message that I'm not paying attention to otherwise. 
So if I start feeling a little off-center, like a scratchy throat, like you get sometimes before flu, sometimes you get an achy in the joints or a kind of a chilled feeling or a fatigue feeling, I start feeling that kind of thing. I immediately take some time off, like 30 minutes or so, and I just sit quietly and meditate and try to kind of listen to what the message is that my body's trying to, to say to me. And sometimes it's saying, get some more rest, or sometimes it's saying, uh, get a little bit more vitamin C or nutrients through your body. Um, but what I do is I kind of just listen and pay attention, and then I let myself really feel the symptoms and let myself just feel them as much as I possibly can, and then they usually pass on through. They don't have to seem to have to go into a regular full-scale flu or the cold. Well, I also want to tell you that I use a breathing trick also, and I want to be really clear about that because I think the breathing trick is very important. A long time ago, I learned that you could change the acid-alkaline balance of your breath by holding your breath out of your body for a little time. In other words, and then hold it and don't let any air in because what happens is then the oxygen CO2 balances out in your body and then you take another breath. So I have this breathing trick that I also do if I'm sitting there during my quiet 30 minutes. I also do the breathing where I breathe all the way out and then I just pause for a little while comfortably and then I let a breath come in. And so I do that a whole bunch of times until I feel really balanced inside. And so that's another thing that I think goes along with the kind of listening to the message of, um, of that. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, I've written several books on breathing. I'm a big passionate fan and student of breathing. I have a whole book called Conscious Breathing that's got a lot of these ideas in it. Yes, I want to give credit to a psychiatrist named Fritz Perls, who is an MD, a, a medical doctor and a psychologist uh, in the up to about 1970, so he covered the first part of the 20th century. Uh, I think he was born in the late 19th century and died about 1970. But he said that, um, and I remember hearing that and thinking, what the heck can he mean? But practically speaking, it's really true that the same mechanisms that drive, that operate when you're scared, also operate when you're excited. But the difference is when you're afraid, you're you're not breathing very deeply, you're holding your breath, you're, you know, you're, you're caught up in fear. And what he was saying is when that happens, if you start taking some easy, deep breaths again, you can change your fear into excitement right there on the spot. And I wouldn't have believed that when I first, I mean, I had to try it out a few times, but it's something that I've even taught to fifth graders now or to little kids. And I certainly taught it to my own uh, daughter when she was young. Uh, because there are lots of situations in life where you get scared, but there's really, quote, nothing to get scared about, you know, like uh, there's no monster really chasing you. It's just that you're afraid that there's a monster hiding behind the screen, you know, and so uh, you, uh, you need a simple trick to chase fear out of your body, and that's the best one I've found. I read a study one time that said that uh, something like uh, 75 or 80 percent of car accidents happen within an hour of some kind of emotional upset. 
I mean, and I've actually known people that total their car right after an argument. I'm, you know, because we have a lot of couples that come here for counseling. Many of them had a story of, yeah, we were in the middle of a big argument and I went out to clear my head and drove the car into a tree. You know, so there's those kinds of situations where people get in an upset state and then try to do something and have disastrous consequences as a result. So the big leap is all about really two things. It's all about how to overcome the upper limit problem, how to get out of that trap that we've all got into of settling for less than what we really want to have in life. And the other thing is how to operate in your zone of genius. And you get there by these little moments of 10 minutes at a time, or even 10 seconds at a time. You get there by asking yourself these questions like, what do I most love to do? And the interesting thing is, that the connection then with time is that the more you get into your zone of genius, the more time opens up for you. And so the more time you experience time in your zone of genius, starting with even 10 minutes at first, then that mushrooms to 20 minutes, to 30 minutes, to 40 minutes. Pretty soon you'll be doing what I'm doing, which is I spend 90% of my time in my zone of genius now. And the rest of my time just getting around from place to place to do it. But I, when I first started, I was spending 10% of my time in my zone of genius. But over the past 30 years, I've gradually more and more and more time in my zone of genius to now it's pretty much everything I do. But you have to start somewhere. And I say start with 10 minutes of just sitting down in a chair and asking yourself, what are my unique abilities? What do I most love to do? What is it that when I do it produces a lot of abundance compared to the amount of time? I spend doing it. Some of the best ideas I've ever had took me 10 seconds to think them and then maybe a year to express them, you know, to write the book about them. But, uh, you know, even the ideas behind the big leap came from just one moment of, aha, you know, way back 40 years ago. And then it took me a bunch of years to get around to writing the book. I had to figure out how it all worked. The idea of a mantra or mantra is to lock in a key idea and bring it into yourself at the deepest level of the mind. And so, for example, I expand in love and creativity every day as I, or whatever the affirmation is, I expand in love and abundance or whatever you want to implant in your mind. You say it to yourself first, just quietly. I expand every day in love and abundance as I inspire other people to do the same. Get it in your own words so it has a good feeling to it. But the idea of my idea is that life is at its best when I'm expanding in love and creativity and success and abundance. But at the same time, I'm inspiring other people to do that too. Because, you know, I've, I've been blessed with good fortune, so I really haven't had to, had to do anything like work for 20 years or so now. But what gets me excited to work more than I probably did 20 years ago was the fact that, to me, these ideas are so powerful and can be so helpful that I don't think I'd feel good every day unless I did everything possible to express them in the world. And I think that's why The Big Leap has been on one bestseller list or another since it came out several years ago. But I'm really happy that it's touched so many people because, to me, the idea of spending your life doing what you are uniquely suited, what you really came here to do, is such a great idea that 
I stand in the middle of the street in uh, Adelaide, Australia, proclaiming that over a loudspeaker. It's such a good <laughs> idea. One of the most important things I ever get asked on a daily basis is, where do I start? You know what, if, you, if I could do just one thing to start with, what would that be? And I think there's actually a couple of things that you can start with. With one, is start with that first 10 seconds of simply loving and accepting yourself as you are right now. Because that's loving yourself and accepting yourself where you are right now is a springboard toward creating the life you really want. So that's a 10 second thing to start with. A 10 minute thing to start with is sit down sometime today in a quiet spot and ask yourself a few questions like, what do I most love to do? And what is it that when I do it, time just flies? And then ask yourself some practical questions like, hmm, is there a way I can do that in a way that serves other people so that it inspires them to send me money? Um, that's, you know, I started my first group, my first breathing group had six people in it long before I wrote a book about it. And, you know, now I routinely teach classes with thousands of people in it, even over the web, you know, that I'll have a thousand people stretched around the world teaching a breathing class. And that's really exciting to me that technology has given us the opportunity to reach people. You know, even having this conversation we're having now would have been very difficult not too long ago. Uh, and so uh, I'm, uh, I feel very blessed by that. And, uh, and I would say another place to start, we put out a newsletter every uh, Oh, sometimes once a week, sometimes every other week. And you can find out all about that at hendricks.com, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com. And uh, you can sign up for the newsletter there. It's a very informative thing. This happened, the, the one that just came out today happened to be on the subject. It was for single people. It happened to be on the subject of learning to love that part of yourself that's, that's like the part of a beloved that you want to bring in. In other words, first give yourself the kind of love that you want to have from another person. And so um, every day or every week or two, we send out some ideas <clears throat> like that that, uh, that we think are helpful to people. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Guy's Wisdom. To connect with Guy, head to hendricks.com, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S, Com. The link is in the show notes and have a divine day being in your zone of genius. You've been listening to a Life Source Masterclass. Check out our other shows by heading to our website, lifesource.global.